Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday, May 18th. And as promised, my friend Kathy Cook is here on the show with me. If you are struggling to parent your kids in an age of social media, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So I've been talking about having Kathy on here now for a couple of days. I know many of you are waiting for this. Uh, I had the privilege of meeting Kathy on the road a couple of years ago. She is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids. She's based out of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, not only is she my friend, but she has influenced thousands of parents and teachers in 30 countries through her messages and seminars. Kathy really has a heart for parents who are parenting their children in a generation that seems a little bit upside down right now. So we're going to be talking about uh, what the struggle that we're having to parent our kids in an age of technology and basically whatever else comes to mind. So Kathy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here, Heidi. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. So first of all, uh, I just want to, this is your first time on the podcast, right? It is. It is. But hopefully it will not be the last. No, I'm sure it won't. So tell uh, listeners a little bit about who you are and kind of what makes your heart really, uh, what makes your heart just sing? Oh, that's cool. Well, my ministry is called Celebrate Kids because I want kids celebrated, not just for what they do, but for who they are. My brother and I were raised well by um, great parents, and I grew up uh, close to grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and just a fabulous extended family up in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And um, just, I want other families to enjoy each other. I think the family unit matters greatly uh, to God and uh, to to the culture and to each of us. And I, I want that replicated, what, what Dave and I had. And so that's a lot of my passion. Um, I've been a former teacher, coach, school board member, was a professor, thought I would do all of those things forever. But uh, God called me to the ministry of Celebrate Kids primarily because the scripture does proclaim that parents should be forever and always a child's first and foremost, most important teacher. And uh, what's the joke, Heidi? Mm-hmm. When you when you find out you're pregnant, you're you're taught how to give birth, diaper, feed, and bathe the baby, and they send you home. Right. Uh, and I, I love to come alongside of moms and dads and help them out. I can remember coming home. You know, Jay and I have seven children now, and we've got two grandchildren. But I, I remember coming home from the hospital and just thinking, uh, I can't believe they're giving me this baby. <laughs> what what, do, what am I going to do with it? You know, and it's amazing to me that God gives young and experienced uh, people charge of such a precious responsibility as raising children. And it's it's definitely got it's I think probably more challenging now than it's ever been before. I know that you're you have done a lot of work recently and helping even uh, I think it looks to me like you've been helping Kurt Cameron. Yes, um, in his. Uh, in his movie Connect, tell me a little bit about why he's doing that and why you came alongside him. Yeah, that's cool. The DVD of Connect actually releases June fifth, and uh, Kirk has six kids. Uh, he and his wife Chelsea, and uh, he and his wife gave all of their kids iPhones one year for Mother's Day. She likes to give gifts to the children who made her a mother, so they upgraded from flip phones to iPhones for all six on the same day. And not knowing what they had done, which is the truth of most parents, right? When you buy your kids a device, you don't really understand what you're doing. Well, two weeks later, Kirk wanted to take all those phones away yep. because they kept asking for new apps and they kept, you know, violating, you know, good family values and principles and isolating into their bedrooms rather than interacting as a family. 
And so he began to observe the culture and, you know, talk to people on the road and discovered that his family was not the only one struggling with how do you, how do you navigate this social media? This is a new way of parenting now. And so he gathered some experts and uh, praise God, he discovered me actually through talk radio and uh, met me that way and read my book and said, I think you've got the approach that I want to address. And I'm really, really grateful for how well the movie did when it was in the theater. And I think the DVD is going to really help moms and dads talk with their preteens and teens in the living room about what's going on and why do we want the boundaries we have and why are we why are we concerned about those devices we've given you so when you talk to parents because i know this is a problem and I, I it's a problem in my own family right i'm struggling with my own children but you've really seen you're you're looking at this and you're saying this is a connection problem this isn't a device problem this is really i mean it's it's been borne mm-hmm. out by a, a generation of parents who are sort of disconnected from their kids when you talk to parents what are some of the things that you're observing right now in uh, in just in families in general. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. You know, I'd, I'd like us to disconnect from the Wi-Fi and the electricity and reconnect to our kids and, frankly, to spouses. If you're married, I know of uh, marriages that have fallen apart because of the isolation that technology allows us to have, you know, where, uh, you know, when, when either the, the wife or the husband is, on a banking website or on, you know, a, a sports website or a news website or legitimately looking at different car dealers in town to figure out, you know, which is the best one to go shop at on a Saturday. All of it's legitimate, but it separates us from the people that we say we love. It absorbs our time. How many of us get sucked into it? And we're stunned when we look at the clock and go, oh, my goodness, I had no idea I was here this long. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and that's the addictive factor um, and then, of course, for teens as well, you know, they we're allowing them into their bedrooms with devices. We're allowing them to, you know, text friends not in the room when they're in the room with somebody else. And this is where, like, I get it. I get the need to connect, right? All of us were created by a God who wants to connect with us. And he's the one that's going to fill that that void and that need for love and like and unconditional value and and all those things that we were created to have. And now we're trying to meet a need through the quantity of friends rather than the quality of friends. That's not going to work. But this is where, you know, and I, and I have great compassion and great, great passion for the issue. I've seen it in my own life. I wrote the book and it's hard for me sometimes to get off of the phone. I have a little app. I have very few games on my phone because they scare me, but I like jigsaw puzzles. I grew up playing jigsaw puzzles. It's one of the ways my family connected and my family still connects with jigsaw puzzles whenever we're together on a vacation or at Christmas or whatever. And so I have a little app on my phone for jigsaw puzzles. And I I say I'm going to sit and just do one. And then, oh my goodness, like three or four puzzles later. And I said, I said I was going to call a friend and now that, that, you know, window's gone. So I get it. I really get it. Well, it's a struggle. I think you and I were talking about this, uh, the whole Laurel versus Yanny thing, which is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said on my Facebook page the other day, I said, I don't care if you hear a Laurel or Yanny. Can you hear empty the dishwasher? Right. Which is trying to be <laughs> funny. But the truth is how many of us have been sucked into Googling this thing, trying to figure out what it is. And it doesn't matter at all. And how mm-hmm. much time have we lost with our kids while we're trying to figure this out? Oh, and I love that. It doesn't matter at all. And so one of the things that I'm that I'm saying to parents is, do you have a vision for your children? I think parents who have really thought about who they want their kids to be now and in the future, 
you know, which character qualities do you want them to exhibit now and when you launch, when they launch? What values do you have that you want them to embrace as their own, not because they live with you, but because they value those same things? What beliefs do you pray you pass on? Beliefs about God, about family, about self, about culture, about church, about government, about education. I think that parents who have thought more strategically and more um, carefully and thoughtfully about who they want their kids to be are going to find it easier to say no to the things that are distracting them from those realities, if that makes sense. Parents who haven't thought deeply or strategically about these kinds of things, I think it's easier for them to get sucked into the muck and mire of social media or whatever. And I think it's easier for them to let their kids go off on a tangent and game for a day and think that it, it didn't matter when in fact, you could have noticed that your neighbor was struggling to mow the lawn. It was a hot day and you as a 17-year-old healthy kid could have gone out to do it as a blessing, but you didn't even know because you were in a den with a game that sucked up your time that did not change your life that day or anybody else's. Mm, so it's true. And when, so I know that with as many people are listening to this podcast who have children, or even it's just the parent who, who's going, shoot fire, that's me. I'm on the internet all the cotton picking time. I know it's a problem for me and I make all <laughs> kinds of excuses because I'm out here on the road and I'm sitting on airplanes or, you know, waiting on the tarmac or whatever. But, but if this really is a problem. When you talk to parents about this and they're asking you for help and for solutions, what are like the top two or three things that you say, okay, here's what you absolutely have to do? Where, where, where does a parent who's struggling with this, where do they start? Yeah, I love that. I like the phrase, I love you too much to allow it to continue. So I would mm. love if, there's, if someone's listening and you know, their child is scrolling social media too much or gaming too much or isolating, um, you know, in a bedroom too much. I, I, want our, I want our love for them to compel us to act, not our anger, not our fear, shame, or blame. You know, when you bought a device for your kid, it, you weren't intentionally giving them a portal to the world, as Kirk Cameron says. So I want you to, you know, look your child in the eye, perhaps, and say, hey, I love you too much to allow the gaming to continue. You're aggressive. And when we turn it off, you're still aggressive. And for 20, 25 minutes, I see you interact with your siblings in ways that are unloving and unhealthy. And, and we have determined that your behavior, see, it's their behavior, it's their character, it's their choices that cause you to act. You're not a mean parent. You're certainly not unloving. You're loving when you want to get them back. So you say things like your choices, your character, um, what we see in you is, is causing us concern. And we only have a short window of opportunity in which we can raise you. God's chosen us as your parents. We will parent you, not the device. And therefore, give us back our phone. If you pay for it, it, it is your phone. Um, and I, I love you too much to allow it to continue. Well, Dad, what do you mean? I love you too much to allow you to isolate. I love you too much to um, give you the opportunity to stumble upon things that you should not stumble upon. I, I don't like the anger and the chats that I've observed with your friends. And so we're, we're done. I love you too much. I think that's powerful. I think another phrase that really ministers hope and healing to people is the phrase, it's not your fault. Um, you know, Heidi, mm. I am, I'm more impatient than I used to be because of the click of the mouse and Google and the DVR and the streaming and the GPS and the spell check and everything, right? Everything is instant about me and now, and I'm not proud of that. I can get like a red light. It's like a red light. It's like 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's 
torture, you know? Well, my brain was spinning. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm not speaking for you. I'm just speaking for me. But, um, you know, my no, brain you was can speak for both of us. That sounds like me too. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, because of the age that we are, our brains were finished when we began to use technology. And yet our character and our heart is still being influenced by it. Young people under the age of 25, their brain is still being developed. And, and I'm actually more concerned about how technology influences the heart than I am the mind. And so if you look at things like impatience and self-centeredness, entitlement, arguing and anger, Heidi, I bet you're as concerned as I am about, now there are some things to argue about in our culture. There's a lot going wrong, but there's a lot of anger, right? There's a lot of complaining and no one's ever satisfied. The lack of contentment must grieve God. And so much of that is birthed within all the scrolling we can do. And there's a better flower, but somebody got more roses than I got on Mother's Day. Oh my goodness. Did you like your flowers? Oh, yeah. How wonderful. Your son chose them for you. Can you not just embrace that? But it's so easy to compare. And then we have that comparisonitis and it's just dangerous. So um, it's but it's not your fault. It's not a fault. It's not a kid's fault that he's developing negative character if parents and grandparents and frankly, the educational system is allowing them to have more time on devices than with face to face interaction. And so I think that's a powerful phrase. And I'll give you one more idea, and then I'll, I'll throw it back your way to react. Another thing that I think is really beneficial is to put in a visible way the alternatives to technology. Kids are addicted to the adrenaline drop. Um, so are we. That's why it's hard for us to turn off our devices. And kids are bored quickly, right? And it's just, I'm so bored. Well, whoa, um, go clean the toilets was right. Is kind of the joke answer to that. Um but what I'd love to recommend you do is that you put a jigsaw puzzle out on a card table in the corner of your living room, that you put a Sudoku book and a coloring book and the pencils and the crayons on the coffee table and put uh, two or three board games out on the dining room table and leave them there. Put a soccer ball, frisbee, basketball at the back door. So you walk in from church and you go, oh, let's shoot hoops after we change around. Or, you know, a kid comes in from an activity, uh, you know, an athletic or maybe a piano uh, rehearsal or school uh, event and sees uh, a game board and says, hey, mom, do you have time to play? Uh, if the game isn't there, if the game is in the game closet and it's not there, it's much harder for kids to remember that they like that game. So I think that's a practical way maybe to get them off of the devices and back in the living room so that we we connect with each other. So I love this. And I'm thinking as I'm as I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm thinking about the parent who basically they're they're just too afraid. They don't want to put up with the attitude they're going to get from their kid or so there's that's one parent and the other parent is saying, um, but my child has his license or but when I drop my child off, I want them to be able to call me. Um, do you say to that parent, hey, have we thought about going back to flip phones? You know, they don't have to have access to this data or you can actually turn the data off and still be able to get a hold of your child. What do you say to the parent who's struggling with those things? Yeah, those are great questions, Heidi. I appreciate how much you love your audience. You know them well. Yeah, flip phones are great or an iPhone without internet access and with three or four numbers. Absolutely. If the phone is designed for connection to mom and dad and the neighbor and 911, then you don't need Instagram and you don't need all the apps. And this is where you parent strong and you're brave. I often autograph my book about this topic, Be Brave, because it's hard to say no all the time. But you know what, you guys, you're the parents. And we don't parent mm -hmm. so that they're our friends today. We parent so that hopefully they'll want to be our friends 20 years from now and or 10 years from now or five years from now. And that means that 
we are the authority without apology. We are the wisdom walkers who have lived before them. And we say, no, enough of this. And your complaining indicates that you are addicted. And so we're done. And and I, I think there's a lot of families that I'm working with have sibling phones, just one phone for the three siblings, and they sign it out. And uh, if your daughter is babysitting and there's no landline, she needs a phone. She doesn't need her own phone. She could borrow yours or use the sibling phone. If your son is going to go out on a date or your son is going to go, he's got he's, he's working that night and he needs to be able to get a hold of you quickly if something goes wrong, maybe that's the legitimate reason. So you know what, my friend? It's the difference between need and want. So good. And I would pray you've always parented, right? Well, thank you. And haven't you always parented with need? Like Heidi, you've never given your kids all the food they want. No, I haven't. You've never let them stay up as late as they want. You've always had boundaries. You and Jay have always had boundaries. Boundaries are blessings when they're appropriate, right? And so I, why is technology making it harder for the boundaries? Because oh, I don't want to alienate your audience, but I'm going to say what's on my heart. And that is that I, and I'm smiling when I say this. I don't know if people can hear the smile in my voice, but I think that it's harder with technology because we as adults have to admit that we need to turn it off too. Ouch. Yeah. It's hard, right? You know, if, if we recognize that our phone's always in our hand or we can't handle the quiet in the car, so there's always something on, you know, if we recognize that we also have fallen into the trap of easy, quick, self-centered, it's all about me, what's going on in the world, but I don't care about the person I'm living with. Oh, my goodness. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I've grieved with parents who have, have really had to make some hard decisions. So let's let's use the word need appropriately and let's use the want appropriately. And when a kid says, you know, I need a phone, you say, no, you don't. You want it and you don't get it yet. <laughs> you know, we have a policy and it's 16. And uh, and here's one more idea, um, Heidi, and that would be if you do need to take away a phone, let's say that a child has violated a principle and you're taking away a phone or a mini iPad or a device that you've allowed your kid to play games on or whatever, you take it away as a punishment. They get it back when their behavior has changed. I would love for you to not take a device away and say, you'll get it back on Monday. No, I think they get it back when they've earned it back by the demonstration of a calm spirit. Maybe they have taught a younger sibling a new game and they've they've indicated again, hey, I, I am a part of a family unit. And when they come back home, if you will, then maybe they get back a device for a period of time each day, but maybe it still isn't quote unquote theirs. Mm. So those are those are some of the ideas that I think people have responded well to. It's hard. Don't give up. Don't don't give up, everybody. Don't give up. Parent strong. I think this is so important. It was really the heart behind uh, becoming mom strong was me. It was sort of my battle cry to mothers to say, "Hey, get off the bench and get onto the field. These are your children. They're your children. They don't belong to the school. They mm. don't belong to their youth pastor." They don't belong to the culture or to their friends. They belong to you. And so often I think parents have felt, and because this is happening, the the uh, the government or the uh, the school system or whatever is stripping authority away from parents. And I love talking to Sam Sorbo about this a couple of weeks ago because she was saying how under someone else's authority, so many parents have become. And I think we've, and that has spilled over into social media. And so you're seeing things that would have normally, you know, 40 years ago would have been a no brainer. Now, parents are struggling uh, to figure out where they can, and I love what you said this, I love that you said there's a couple things we can say. We can say, I love you too much, 
right? That puts the onus on the parent to say, listen, I recognize that there's a problem and let the kids know, hey, listen, this isn't your fault. Um, maybe I'm the one who screwed up. Maybe, mm-hmm. but it, but my job now isn't to let it continue. And I love that you're giving parents permission to be parents. So thank you. Thank you for that. It's so good. It's so needed. <laughs> you're welcome. And no shame or blame for yesterday. Remember, again, when you purchase a device, it wasn't your intent that it, it would be a difficult thing. So no, no shame or blame, but let's have hope for tomorrow that we can do the right thing and that we'll choose to do so. Thanks, hey, Heidi. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I'm going to go ahead and invite Kathy back for Monday because I get lots of questions about social media. We're going to address one of them. So if you've been encouraged by Kathy, and I know that you have, uh, come back on Monday. We're going to be talking a little bit more about what it means to be your child's parent rather than your child's friend. In the meantime, you can find out about my friend Kathy Cook and the books that she's written. Uh, she's a fantastic encouragement at Celebrate Kids. Kathy, what is the website so people can go directly there to find you? CelebrateKids.com. All right. Thanks so much, Kathy, for joining me. Everybody have a great weekend, and I will see you back here for Mailbox Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com. <laughs>